0: to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh this evening by uh a musician uh he is he he plays uh he's played in a lot of different bands in the Milwaukee music scene uh he also makes music uh himself um he plays under the Beat Index uh who have who uh where he's got a new record it's called Volume One uh, Juvenilia uh which came out last year uh he also plays in uh sex scenes, uh, Rex, and uh, he played in No-No, and uh, he's also a graphic designer too. I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, why he does what he does. Thank you very much, Harrison, Colby, for joining me tonight.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm stoked.
0: Likewise, my friend. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Um, I uh, just started a new job, so I'm fresh off my first week. And very energized for the weekend. So stoked.
0: Good. Good. Uh, how how was the first week on the new job? Do you feel acclimated?
1: Um, well, it's my first like official job as a graphic designer, so I'm like, it's like my dream job. So I'm super oh, stoked. Yeah.
0: Right on, man. Love that for you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, uh, I'm glad that went smooth uh it's a nice little friday kickback
1: oh Uh, yeah a little chardonnay
0: there you go (laughs) hell yeah dude i i got uh my second vax dose yesterday
1: oh congratulations
0: yeah it dude it took me the fuck out yeah i I don't know if I have you gotten it yet
1: yeah i just got my second dose so i'm fully vaxed uh my symptoms was it was like a day and a half of like um i just felt like super like low grade flu symptoms and i just i had to like do the netflix and chill for a day because i just felt so shitty um
0: yeah yeah
1: i wish i could have
0: done that uh but this week i'm just so fucking busy uh i haven't had much time to really kick back but yeah uh it was mostly just like a numbness in my arm, like all day. And then at night was when it really kicked in and I got like a fever and chills and I couldn't sleep last night.
1: Oh my God.
0: So I ended up making a a bowl of uh, noodle soup at about 4am last night. Yeah. (laughs) It was, I just like started getting like, I'm like, if I eat, maybe I'll feel a little better.
1: Um, Yeah, Totally
0: uh also had some sherbet too uh so i slept in way too late today and uh had a late start but you know it was it's worth it you know yeah
1: totally oh my god i i have i think like next friday i'm at like my full efficacy so i'm like dude i get to like i can go to a bar and not feel like shame yeah Um, i can go to a restaurant with my girlfriend and like Oh my yes. gosh. I haven't been to a restaurant or a bar or a movie or anything for like a year. So yeah. I've been very on lockdown. So it's nice to like loosen the grip a little bit. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Um, yeah,
0: same. I, um, yeah, like, like you said, there's always sort of like that back background guilt with like anytime, like, you know, I went somewhere to socialize in public and, I'm also very, I'm excited to, uh, you know, get off of Uber Eats for once and actually like soon be able to, yeah, go dine because I, yeah, no, I've just been, I mean, I've, I've eaten a lot of great new food, like found some new places, but it'd be nice to actually go there, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. And also like just thinking about all the like service industry and bartender friends and folk that like, have not worked in so long. It's like, dude, just tip. Here's my money, dude. I want to like, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, Everyone needs to get tipped real well.
1: Oh, God. I'm talking 50, 60 percent.
0: That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, Harry, what we talked about a Mr. Nice Guy, we talked love and fear, passion and creativity. And I have seen... All three of those bands. I don't know. Are you in any other bands besides Rex and Sex Scenes right now?
1: Um, And besides like Rex, Sex Scenes and the Beat Index, um, I am sort of starting a couple projects, but they're all like uh, under wraps right now. But like um, I'm starting a, a band called Chit Chat with my fiance. So oh, so we should uh i i think we're putting together like a halloween cover set right now so awesome great so there's even a show in, on halloween so
0: oh there you go man
1: Those stuff to look forward to yeah.
0: uh yeah yeah great uh awesome we'll 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 talk more about that in a bit um okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i've i've seen um yeah i've seen your i, I saw sex scenes uh i've seen a couple times um and I've seen, I saw, got to see Rex uh, right before lockdown when you guys did the four one four live show. Um, that was fun. That was really fun because that was like one of those last hurrahs of like seeing all my River West friends, like you know, enjoying a really exciting band. Uh, but the Beat and X uh, dropped your record, I believe it was last summer. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. I think it was like
1: like August first or something. that came out. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, really, really enjoyed it. It was very different and unique. And uh, thank you. Uh, welcome. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about everything that went into that too. We have a lot to get through. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm here for it, dude. Oh
0: yeah. So cool. good. So. Good. 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 Um. So, uh, we'll we'll take it back. Uh, starting off here. So, Harry, uh, where did you grow up? Where are you? <sighs>
1: I am, uh, I'm like a a military kid. So my dad was in the Coast Guard. So we moved around like every four years. Uh, I was born in Baltimore. I spent the majority of my life in Virginia. Um, So I kind of say like I'm from Richmond, Virginia, because that's where I spent a lot of time before I moved here. But now I've lived here the longest out of any place I've ever lived. So I guess I'm like somewhere between Milwaukee and Richmond is like where I'm homestead.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So, uh, yeah. What brought you here?
1: Um, I was dating someone who got into grad school here and then I, uh, stayed and then, yeah.
0: Hey, that's how it happens, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, where, so how long have you been here? Uh, when you like, how many years you, would you say?
1: Uh, i think november 1st i will be here this would be um coming up on a decade so right on. i'm like i'm full on wisconsin like i'm wearing my packers gear like i wanna i wanna make it like a whole week too for myself like i wanna just like pump cheap trick eat a bunch of cheese curds you know i don't know i'm just like i'm, I'm wisconsin baby so
0: dude of course have a couple yeah. old fashions maybe
1: oh yeah yeah. just wait, waking up and old-fashioned
0: yeah dude I feel that I'm, I'm from Illinois and I got here I came here for school in 2014 but me identify way more with the culture of Wisconsin than whatever the hell like it's like there's Chicago and then there's the rest of Illinois you know and yeah, I'm from the Chicago totally. area and yeah. I guess you know there's always a part of me that's very like Chicago at heart but i just i love milwaukee so much man no reason to leave
1: yeah seriously and now it's like i've i've got like roots here and everything so i'm like i can't see like go back to richmond anytime soon i mean it's anytime soon it's been a fucking decade so um what is, what is richmond known
0: for like what are what are some like mainstays to do there
1: Uh, I don't know about to do but like you know how Milwaukee is like you know Miller High Life and the Packers and Harley Davidson the biggest thing export from Richmond is cigarettes like we make or they make um, Marlboro's and uh, you know all the big all the big cigarette brands so like in in Richmond Virginia like cigarettes are so cheap it's like a third of the price as in like milwaukee and stuff because they don't have to ship it anywhere it's like in town um okay but uh yeah and then it's also the capital of slavery um so and the capital of the south so it's got like some shitty history um Which is maybe some statues that should be uh knocked down, perhaps. Oh my god, dude. When that was going down last year, I was like, thank God. And then like Mayor Stoney, when he was like, Let's bring him down, like I almost cried because I had like went to school at VCU and like passed them so many like every day. So um that was a huge, that was a huge deal.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Good. I remember there was a whole montage of racist statues getting knocked down with uh, Enya playing in the
1: background <laughs> <laughs> I saw that video yeah yeah
0: yeah. I remember that was yeah that was just so war- so warming you know love yeah. to see it
1: oh my god the uh, the Robert E. Lee statue that was like covered in graffiti like was like the cover of Newsweek or Time or something like that and I was like fuck yeah dude just destroy it bring it down and then like them dragging i think they threw andrew jackson in the lake or something and oh nice <laughs> yeah
0: oh hell yeah um good good um that's yeah still a lot of work to do in that department in many parts of the country
1: But oh my uh, God. so much <laughs> work to do
0: so yeah yeah um uh Harry I'd love to hear about uh just kind of the the role music played in your life when you were uh, growing up like what did you grow up listening to that sort of thing
1: Um so I got I was always really obsessed with music and really obsessed with like uh you know I, I think a lot of people my age and a lot of people I know like you know punk rock was a big deal and uh especially in high school but uh, the biggest deal to me growing up and which had a huge effect on my life was like when I started going to shows in Virginia um the Virginia Beach hardcore scene is like a huge staple of like the east coast so me and my brother sort of grew up in the Virginia Beach hardcore scene and uh it was like super uh formative for us especially like you know, the whole thing that now is like so normal to me that like, you know, your favorite bands, a lot of your favorite bands are like people that live six blocks away from you. Um So that was like totally new that like some dude who's like your mechanic is also in some band and then you see them play on Saturday night and they're like this amazing band. Um That was like my first, like being like 15 or 16, going to like the most random places because in Virginia you don't have to be all bars or restaurants so you can be 15 and go to a show because there's no it's a you know there's no 21 and up anywhere because um so we would be like these little fucking kids going to these crazy very violent hardcore shows and so me and my brother loved it and like now my brother is like so successful because he like never left and he now he's, he's in a band called enforce that just got signed to like sony century media cool and stuff so like he's one of those lifer hardcore metal dudes and um but yeah so when i i sort of left that whole thing um and like i went to college for a little bit in, in fairfax virginia but then went to Richmond. And just got introduced to a lot of different other scenes and a lot of different other types of music, so I was kind of fell off the hardcore metal wagon.
0: Yeah, Yeah. but that was a
1: big deal growing up. Like I was super angry suburban white kid into metal and hardcore.
0: There you go, uh, dope. Yeah, um, and that's a that's definitely a thing around here too, where like there's a lot of um, inner intertwining between like the service industry and uh, the music scene
1: oh yeah it's or the food beautiful. scene you know uh,
0: yeah yeah like you, you get served by uh you know somebody who plays in uh, one of your favorite river west bands you know yeah,
1: exactly and then you're like or you like they they tend bar or something and then you're like oh man i'm getting served and i get to go hang out with like some dude who plays bass in my favorite band or such as
0: such as this band right here oh yeah Uh, fucking Joey and platinum boys these fucking guys (laughs) Uh, shout out to them man that's a, I i love man i fucking love those guys um
1: me too
0: I, i love that you know like organically get to know people like both inside and outside of like their lives of like, you know, what they do to like, just get by, but also what they love to do to release. And I love that a lot, you know?
1: Yeah. And like, it's funny, like just talking about the, the growing up part is that like, it's such a hammer through glass of like this rock star thing, because then you're like, Oh my God, it's like, you can still do this. And, and people will listen and you'll have people that are like, really into what you're doing even if it's like 100 200 people or whatever that know you know your name and everything but it's like this the whole idea of a local scene was so new to me and now it's like such a part of my life you know um and it's still it's what 20 18 years later or whatever but like um yeah
0: yeah i yeah like if i didn't stumble into it just from curiosity like i don't know what i would do you know, where I would be. So yeah. that being said, um, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about when you started playing music growing up.
1: Uh, so I was in just like a few bands in high school and, um, yeah. And I was, I was like in and out of bands in high school and, um, college, but I don't think I really, it wasn't until I moved here that like music was a super serious Endeavor. I don't know. Like I, I, once I was in the Delphines here, um, in 2012, that was like my first real band. And, um, I think I was like 22, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so it was a lot of like my in and out of bands and like learning about like playing out of town and all this stuff. It was all like very short lived projects. So, um, nothing worth naming. So, <laughs> sure
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've the dolphins were definitely before my time, but I've heard of them. Uh, so, was that the first band you did like a real tour or? Uh...
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and we went on a couple of them, and uh, it's so crazy because like I remember like starting No No, everyone was like, oh man, it's like you know ex Delphines all this stuff and it's like dude the Delphines was a band for like 22 months it wasn't even two years it was like this blitz and then it was over and then but a lot of like the reason that uh I got to do so many things after was just because of that short-lived little spur. and I got to know everybody I got to know people like Joey and um Zach and Pappas and all the dudes in the fatty acids and satinite duets and um So that was like my introductory to the whole Milwaukee music scene. Cause like our first show we got out of nowhere and then we met all these people and now they're like still all my friends. Like, yeah, Yeah. so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, and that's, that's a dope thing too. Like everyone has played in each other's projects at least once in the last. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's just natural. I mean, just because, everybody plays shows together anyway. And then it's natural that like when something breaks up, it's usually, everything's tends to go in waves too. Like everybody kind of like starts at the same time and then breaks up at the same time. That's what I've noticed. Like the Delphines and catacombs like broke up within like two months of each other. And then like Joey started Platinum Boys and I started No-No and, um, or we started No-No. And so it was, it was just kind of, it's just like the way scenes work, I guess is like.
0: Yeah yeah it, it it very cyclical if you will Um uh, yeah i was i was actually so i didn't really get into the music scene until like late 2018 early 2019 but i did manage to catch one of your last shows is no no and that was a chill on the hill
1: oh wow yeah that was that was strange
0: man what a that was such a um like it was just like very um majestic and uh, it just felt very um triumphant. I don't know because it was I knew because you guys knew you were like gonna this was gonna be one of your last ones, but that was a lot of fun. I really I liked that show a lot. I'm glad I got to see it.
1: Yeah, that was interesting too because um for all those kind of things, they have a minimum set length requirement. And that was, I think, like you have to play for 70 minutes. And I'm like, dude, that's so much time that we had to play so many songs, but it was kind of a great send off because I mean, second to last send off or whatever, because we got to play like a lot of our back catalog, a lot of the new album, a lot of sound and light. And, um, and then it, it was crazy. Cause like that whole diagnostic show run, like that last no, no album, like the whole process like going into it we were like oh, okay, we're gonna make like a last album it's gonna be like a farewell and we're gonna go on a little farewell Milwaukee tour of like four shows so it was yeah. super fun
0: yeah yeah so I'd love to hear a little bit more about the background of how that band formed
1: uh so uh the Delphines kind of like just imploded because the singer of that band uh was going through like some transitional weird stuff. And uh, we were kind of like riding this high that I think the other three of us, like me, Jeremy and Lucas, like didn't want to stop even though she kind of wanted to stop. So, but the thing was like, it was her band name and it was, you know, we wrote all the songs together. So it's like, I'm not going to keep playing your music when you're not in the band. So we kind of like Van Hagar into No No with a new singer, totally new vibe. We threw out, we had just released an album as the Delphines, like our, our first full length. We threw all that music out and we like started over and uh, yeah, we, we like, we wrote songs like super fast. We had like two EPs worth of shit before like the end of that year even so and then we just started playing all the time we um we got we we spent like a, a couple months making Sound and Light and then we went on the tour with that we had like a member change Ryan Reeve who's now in Rex um he switched to bass in No-No and then yeah it was just kind of a And then I think we just kind of burned ourselves out and then we took like a long break after uh, 20-somethings and then we sort of like never really got it back together after that and then uh, but we had all these songs left over so uh, I think it was Jeremy our drummer who was like we should really like record all these songs because they're really good and that would be dumb to like break up and then nobody gets to hear this like last record worth of stuff so then we just like recorded the whole thing in a month mixed mastered and then like booked these shows and then it was it was like the best and every it was so amicable too it wasn't like there was no hard feelings um and it just like ended on the best note it was like the exact opposite of like how the we started this band out of the ashes of the delphines or whatever and that just like ended on the worst note ever and yep. then Nono was like, oh, man, I feel like this great sense of, like, closure. So, yeah. Um,
0: Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, you guys played your last show at uh, Mad Planet, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and it was, like, uh, 1 o'clock in the morning by the time we went on. We were fucking so burnt out. And then, but well, we played. We played for, like, an hour or something. But, yeah. Right at bar close. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, right on. I'm, I'm glad it, uh, the band and like the last album, like you, you did, um, you know, it it ran its course, but you know, I'm sure like people have asked you this before, but do you guys think you'll ever play a show again in the future?
1: Uh, I think, I, I don't think that that's like a never say never kind of, I, I think it's definitely possible. I don't know when that would happen, but, um, yeah, it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility, but, but um, yeah, yeah, who knows. Um, dope.
0: So then uh, sex scenes, uh, it's a punk band. Um, I've tried to see you guys once at high dive, but it was literally so fucking crowded that I couldn't get into the bar. So then I like had to wait till the next time you guys did, did high dive. And then I saw you that night. I got to talk to Zach a little bit after the yeah. show. Um, but yeah, man, tell me about that band, uh, how you got uh, uh, in cahoots with them.
1: Uh that was uh, so random because like the whole like the whole Delphine's no no saga is sort of like over here, and then like the sex scenes thing is very like a totally different vibe, totally different group of people, totally different story. Um like basically uh Zach Otto I met because he was doing a cover show with like Ryan Reeve and Sam Reitman I think and Carl so it was like two of the dudes from Midnight Reruns Ryan from No-No and then this guy I'd never met Zach and they did this cover set of like New York Dolls songs and and it was at like Vegas or something totally random and um I forgot who it was I think Ryan was like hey uh do you want to come see we're playing this random fucking thing do you want to come and see me play and I was like yeah I got nothing to do so I went and I would never seen Zach before and it's crazy because we run in like the same circles but I'd never seen him before and it like blew my mind. Like I totally forgot my other buddies were in this band cause I could like, he was like all I could look at. But then they like, that was it. That was a one show thing for them. But I was totally like, I want to start a band with this dude. And I think it should be like a loud, a band where he gets to do that all the time. Yeah. So then I like approached Zach after the show and then like me and him, like hang out the rest of the night and we get like super drunk and just talk about it and talk about it. And then like, I think we started the band the next week we grabbed like Chelsea Hayes from Fuel Cafe, who was like the barista. And then we like, I knew Connor a little bit, Um, but yeah, that we started the band, we started practicing above Company Brewing. And then there was some fucking weird thing where like, we only had like five songs or something, but Platinum Boys was coming back from tour. And we're like, we're we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna open up for Platinum Boys because they're gonna say yes because they're our friends, right? Yeah. Um, and then, even though we're like totally not ready, <laughs> and, and but we played and it was great. And then we just started playing all the time, and then we went on like more tours than I've probably been on with any other band. And uh, that, and it was just its own thing. Like, uh, and I would have to say, like everybody in that band is like super talented and then like uh chelsea left and then we got greg and we did the split with uh fireheads and some people from madison and yeah it's just that's like its own beast and it's so fun and i i love sex scenes i love playing in that band so
0: yeah dude it's a ton of fun you guys played bremen with peroxide like the day before lockdown
1: dude that was dark i remember that because it was like (laughs) dude it's Over, it is like done after this, and then I think Rex snuck in a show with Hughes Family Band like the next day, but then that was it, it was like locked down on Monday. And
0: yeah, I remember that everything escalated so fast in those couple days. But I had Zach on the show, uh, probably a year and a half ago, and um, you know, he was talking about uh, he's talking about the bands you guys are in together, and um, so. The last record was that was on Big Neck Records, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. they they are putting out the the Rex vinyl. It's the oh, vinyl.
0: yeah, fantastic. Okay, yeah. So, uh, have you guys been able to do anything as Sex Scenes in the last year?
1: I think we had like a couple practices, but it was still like feeling out the is this. It was during that thing where like people felt like they shouldn't practice like because what if someone like takes a picture and then everyone's going to be like oh my god are you guys practicing you shouldn't be like you should be six feet apart and so I think we just it was in that weird gray area where people were still feeling out that like okay if you're six feet apart and you wear a mask and there's there's, like hand sanitizer everywhere you're good um, for the most part so it took a few months to get but no we actually we haven't really done that much stuff I know Greg and I have sent files back and forth because Greg's really great at drum programming, like through um, digital audio workstation stuff. But uh, so we've sent like demos back and forth. But uh, besides that, no, not really.
0: Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. It picks back up when it picks back up, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's such a live uh experience that like when there's no one to play to and there's no shows, it's kind of like, man, you can't really like and this really amps me up to play by myself in this you know it, <laughs> in this void. Yeah, like I never know when I'm gonna play this to anybody
0: so yeah, 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 I, I get that for sure. So then Rex um, when I interviewed Zach, he he told me he I still think about this conversation all the time. Uh, he he told he said that he you and him get would get together and order the chicken from Pizza Shuttle and just write music, and and since then I've just thought about how I've just been meaning to try the chicken at Pizza Shuttle now because because I don't I don't (laughs) like the pizza they have but I've heard I guess the chicken's really good.
1: Yeah, it's it's better than the pizza in my opinion. Um. That was kind of like, it was never planned, but I think we had like a planned roommate night cause I was like off doing stuff like bartending or something and he was bartending. And then we're like, okay, like Monday nights or Thursday nights, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, so we're going to get a chicken from Pizza Shuttle. We're going to get like a bottle of tellermudu and we're going to like watch Biodome or something. And then we'll like uh, write some songs or whatever. And so then we wrote like five of the songs that are on Pure Pleasure too. Like each one took like 15 or 20 minutes. And then, uh, but then Zach was really the one that's like, okay, we gotta like, I asked Ryan if he wants to be in our band. And I'm like, our band, uh, we're just like, but then it's Zach, the whole reason Rex is a band is Zach's like, pushing like uh, asking people and like bringing it all together like Rex is in my mind like no matter who's contributing like it's definitely like Zach it all started with Zach and it's like Zach's baby um and uh I'm really I really love being in it because everybody it's fun to play with everybody Sam Reitman his brother Mitch Reitman now plays drums so um but yeah, that it definitely started with Zach's move to like let's bring these songs that we've been writing really drunk uh, over pizza shuttle into like a live thing, and and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Our first show was we did that Delphine's reunion for Gloss Weekend, okay. um, sure, and,
0: uh,
1: yeah, and then we just started playing all the time. So
0: yeah, you did. You started playing. Like, you started popping up all the time, and then the record came out, and then Lockdown happened shortly after. So. I know.
1: I know. It was like, we had really put a lot into that record, and then, like, the whole experience of making that record was so nice. like, working with Josh from the Fatty Acids at Silver City Studios, it was super smooth, and then um, now, like, it's coming out on vinyl. I listened to it for the first time, and I was like, oh, my God, this sounds so good. It's Oh, yeah. But I hadn't like really listened to it because it came out a year ago. Like I put it on this listening to it on vinyl now a year later, it's like, oh my, I haven't listened to this in like eight to twelve months. So yeah. Um, Right. Because
0: it's like there's so much context to listening to the music that you're putting out like pre pre COVID because you you imagine like this stuff excites me to because like we're going to have shows and everyone's going to be able to hear this stuff live.
1: yeah, We had like a whole tour booked. That was like a whole like national thing. And then that was supposed to be like a month or so later. So then all that got canceled. And then, so I don't know, maybe when we start having shows again, we can do like the whole pure pleasure to mock (laughs) to try, but I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, still pretty unpredictable Um, because I know I already know people are going to rush into getting shows back, but hopefully like at least some semblance that like maybe by the end of the summer, like,
1: yeah, that's your
0: stuff. That's
1: that's kind of what it sounds like. I mean, I feel like September seems like from what I'm hearing the earliest that something like that could happen because you want like everyone to be vaccinated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that just takes time. People are on different schedules, different groups. But now everybody should be able to get it from what I yeah. hear.
0: At least here in Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. And that brings us to the Beat Index. Um, so your little passion project here. Um, so, man, I guess uh, you're going to have to tell me just sort of how, what you envisioned for this project when you started
1: it. Um, Because it kind of started like, Uh, right before we started recording the last No-No album, I started coming up with like uh, some ideas for songs that I realized like weren't, they didn't sound like any of the shit I was in. So, um, but I made like a conscious effort to not like record any demos or write anything down. I was just like, if I can remember it, it must be memorable, you know? So I I made a conscious effort to not even start to record anything. Cause I didn't know like, are these just demos that I'm just gonna like, for me to listen to? Um, and I also like, didn't have time. It's like sex scenes, Rex, Nono was still going at that time. I'm like, I, I don't have time to do another thing. But then of course, like quarantine happens and I'm like, dude, I have like a shitload of songs and they all sound different and they're all strange. And it's, I feel like the beat index stuff and what I was going for, like that's, that's honestly more of the music that I listen to is like, like kraut rock and um, like weird 80s pop and uh, like 60s cocktail lounge. Like I have like a really weird, taste
0: yeah. I, know. And I some of that avant-garde shit yeah from
1: the 70s yeah, totally. and I I just like that's like I was like I want to make something like that because now is the perfect time to make this weird thing that I've always wanted to make but now it's like now I have time to do it um and even yeah. like a little pop and just weird shit glamour Post, post-punk a
0: little yeah. bit too. yeah and just, that's why that's why like I could only like I described it as like I felt like it was futuristic, but also nostalgic. It's like a neo-retro sort of thing. I don't know if that, you know, like...
1: <laughs> it's funny that, like, the whole... I'd, I'd only heard the words, like, retro future a few times, but then when the Beat Index record came out and then, like, people were writing about it, I heard that, like, in every single review. I was like, oh, dude, that's so sick. Yeah, I'm a retro futurist, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, yeah. Yeah. But... But no, and like all of the songs I like, to me, like a song can go like a million different ways. So I, as far as like chords and lyrics and like it can go like this one way. So I was like, every single song started out as like a, an experiment, like with World of Want, I'm like, I wanna start like Noi Krautrock, but then move into like Aphex Twin electronica and do that in one song. And then that makes sense and not sound jarring and terrible. So every single song kind of had this weird thing that I was trying. And then the fact that it worked, in my mind, it worked. So I was like, I don't know. It was just, it was really super freeing, especially because it's not stuff that you can really perform live or even think about. So I was like, great, because no one's playing. So who yeah. fucking cares about trying to translate? Right. So.
0: It- that's sick, man. Like, the best music in the world is the stuff that, like, A is very difficult to categorize, or B, create you, you have to create a new term for it. So, <laughs> retrofuturist, that's, that's, um, pretty, um, uh, something that sounds like an oxymoron, but, like, it also, it just make it makes so much sense when you listen to volume one for sure
1: yeah I mean um thank you so much for saying that I yeah one thing that I really tried to do while I was making it and I don't know why because I was talking to like my brother and my girlfriend fiance about this and I was like I want to make it like so self-aware like I want you to listen to it Mm -hmm. and be like oh my god this sounds kind of like Whitney Houston but like it doesn't sound like Whitney Houston at all. And like, but it knows it's what that's what it's trying to do. And they're like, why do you want to make a that and I'm like because I feel like it needs to exist. Um so yeah, it's like this kind of like meta postmodern self-aware music that is also like listenable. It's not yeah it's experimental in the way it's conceptualized, but it's also palatable. That's not
0: yeah. Yeah for sure it still has like pop sensibilities and
1: oh for sure yeah definitely
0: right absolutely uh where did juvenilia come from
1: uh so I was reading uh uh I was reading like a book of essays by Susan Sontag Hmm. and she had used it and I was like read the whole thing and I'm like I have no idea what that word means and so I looked it up and I thought it was strange because it it, it's usually after someone has made like you it's usually like a literary term like let's say Tolstoy comes out with war and peace and everyone's like oh my god this is a masterpiece let's release the shit that is not as good that he made before that in like a collection that's like your juvenilia and I'm like this is great because this to me like the record is cohesive Kind of, but it's not really. So it's just like these pieces of mashed up shit. So I was like, okay, Juvenilia seems like a really great, and yeah. it's juvenile, amateur, uh, home recorded. Um, so I thought it was a great, even though it's hard to say, I was like, <laughs> it looks dope though.
0: Yeah, um, dude. It's like a pre prerequisite to genius. If
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I kind of like that too, because it's like, you're not, you're kind of calling yourself a genius but you're not actually putting out the genius stuff, so it's an oxymoron, like retro retrofuturism or something. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Dope, dude. Yeah, it was that record was unlike anything I heard like all year. So uh, good for you, man.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad anybody. I, it honestly uh, was was overwhelming with the amount of people that have had kind of a similar response, and I was like literally so frightened like the day it came out or the day like our first video came out or something yeah. no one is gonna like this this is gonna be yes. so bad because in the past I've had other people to blame like not blame it on but you're in a group of people it's a band yeah and Then But when you're doing it and it sucks there is nobody to blame but you if it sucks. yeah or you can, you,
0: you can, can kind of like yeah like kind of camouflage yourself like in the uh in like the, the context of being in a band where like everyone is as culpable as one another versus yeah. like this is all you and
1: yeah and so that was like the that was the scary thing because I, I, I hadn't done that before like 100% this is and even the videos I made it a point to like I want it to look crappy I want it to look like I made it myself so that like so there's, you know it while you're watching the videos or something like that. But and that's
0: where the self-awareness comes from too, because yeah, that's yeah. what you intended, you know?
1: Exactly, like this is a one-man show and it looks like it and it kind of sounds like it. And yeah. that's cool. I, I don't know, that aesthetic to me was very, I was going for it, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's a very meta project. Yeah. And one that, so, and you wanted it to be audio visual like yeah yeah. exactly
1: and and even like putting together like I wanted to have like the zine and everything go with it so there was like an element of design and an element of video and an element of audio so my brother, like talking to my brother but he's like you're it's like you're making the deluxe edition of an album that's already come out but this is the first time so it's like there's an a fucking album of bonus tracks like it's it's a little overblown Um,
0: yeah it's an album of deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, but
1: <laughs> but so, those are the
0: only cuts. There's no like there's yeah. no like regular cuts. They're all deep cuts.
1: It's yeah. like there's it's not an album of bangers. It's like you gotta listen to it a couple times and
0: yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Dude, so yeah.
1: I'm I'm glad that you liked it. Thank you so much. That, yeah, man. That right you,
0: on. Well that being said, uh, so it's gotta be a volume two in the works, I would imagine.
1: Uh yeah yes sure. it's it's honestly it's done but I don't know what to do with it yet and i i'm in no that's the best part about doing something by yourself is that you're in no rush like there's no deadline but the music part of it is done so i'm cool. i don't know what I'm gonna do with it yet so sure
0: well uh with the way everything is right now like uh no need to uh yeah put pressure on yourself for any kind of rollout because it's it was a uh you know, leap of faith to drop, you know, something so new and refreshing during quarantine as it is, you know, that's, that's, that's more than we can say for a lot of people. And, and, you know, I understand why, I mean, some people have had very little uh capacity to like create right now, but some people are trying shit way, like, you know, way left field and doing all kinds of different things. So it's,
1: you know? I know that even with like like national artists too, like now that it's getting to the point where it's like it's been a while now. Yeah. Like even like bigger acts are like coming out with like some weird experimental shit that if the world was normal they would never do something like that. And uh, I don't know. I, I think it's great. Maybe it's 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 allowed. It's allowed the world to like pause and reflect and be like, okay, we can only do this like machine. Um, like album rollout once a year one or twice or once every two years or something like that slowdown I think was necessary even personally like not even creatively it was nice to, like for me to put a pause on my social life and but I know other people they don't feel that way and like I know it's like uh it's a I come from a, a place of privilege to be like oh it was nice to put a pause on it for a year it's like well, other people were like fucking broke and
0: um, or people were like, you know, you know, like terrified of getting sick, but they still had to go into work every day. You exactly. know? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: I, I felt the same way. You know, I'm, I'm very privileged that I have this platform that I was able to, uh, that I was able to abide by, like as a, as an outlet, you know, in, yeah, totally. in the face of uncertainty, but you know, with just how much you know we have been reminded every fucking week in a new way that our government doesn't give a flying fuck about us mm-hmm. i don't i wouldn't i don't blame anybody who isn't thinking about you know making music or art right now
1: yeah and and that's the thing too is that i've, I've talked to other people that that definitely weren't going through like hard times but it, it's definitely uh like a, a mental mindset like i i did things to to keep myself from thinking about it and then like the state of affairs the state of the world but then whenever i like took a break it was so hard to get back to because now i'm like i'm dwelling in how terrible like 2020 was just such an awful year for the entire the entire world not just america not just our government it was like the whole world and um, and
0: it's still 2021's still been terrible for the same exact reasons more fucking dude more fucking killed kids getting killed by the fucking cops man like it's awful
1: and like honestly just the gun control thing i just went it's happened so many times now and i don't know and i just read some thing about like oh biden's gonna roll out some gun control stuff i'm like we've heard this so many after every big major like disaster or crisis where it's like whether it be like sandy hook or something like that like Right. Like, get, get AK-47s and bullshit, like, off the street. I don't know why this is such a... Why are we still having this conversation and, like, you're just killing... He also said that
0: the troops are going to get pulled out of Afghanistan in 2014, and now he's saying...
1: 911 9 like, some symbolic bullshit. Like, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah it's... I, I, I've been really enjoying the memes of, like, all the Dems do these days is just walk. They're just... It's like... <laughs> all we see is them just fucking walking from here to there. That's like all they spend more time focusing on that on yes. their Instagram feed than mm-hmm. like putting in the changes that are going to be saving people's lives right now. But that's for another day.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I man. Remember, I remember like with uh, just with all the social unrest and um, racial inequality and marching last year, like I tried to make it as much as I could and then when I couldn't I was like well I just got paid let me just fucking yeah. every fuck yeah. every go fund me every like giving it straight to people's venmos and stuff like yeah. um be it like for water or funds I was like if this is all I can do this week then that's what I'm gonna do is like um give yeah. money yeah. or like, when people when bars are like about to go under and all my friends are like have no job i'm like just uh, because i was lucky enough you know throughout this whole thing to not to not be unemployed and i was like well you know what i'm gonna do uh what i can not being like a virtue signaling asshole over here right right, right. look at what i did but i'm just saying like it was it was such a hard time because like all i wanted to do was was march and just seeing like when they marched to the Capitol last year i just like that was so huge um yeah
0: yeah now they're going to uh the people's revolution is going to atlanta in august wow uh, but for them That's like great. their past 300 days they're damn near they're coming up on they gotta be like 320 330 something like that like soon it'll be Three hundred sixty-five consecutive days marching. How how heroic is that? You know.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's it's historical. You know.
0: Um, Yeah, and I did the same. You know, like, you know, I I tried to march as much as I could. But uh, we learned the power of redistribution of wealth, especially when uh, you know some are doing really well for themselves, like on unemployment or still working. Others are dealing with all sorts of bullshit. So uh, yeah, like. It's, it's really like, you know, th- there's no feeling quite like, you know, just really taking things into your own hands to like help people that need it. And like, Yeah. And because, just because like you genuinely care. I have to mention uh, Chit Chat. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about that. So, oh, yeah, so, uh, sure. yeah, so, so you said, is that a cover project or?
1: Well, basically, uh, you know, during like uh, quarantine, we each had like little, pro- me and my girlfriend, Carmela DeQuisto, we each were kind of like sought out projects that we wanted to work on. Like mine was working on that Beat Index album. And she's like, I really want to learn how to play bass. Oh, cool. and, and I was like, okay, cool. So pick out a record and we'll figure it out together. You know? And so she picked out Jews and Mary Chains, Psycho Candy. Hell yeah. And so we like learned it front to back. And then um, Jeremy from Nono heard that we were doing that. And he was like, well, why don't we just play them in my basement, like masked up and everything. And we would like get vaccinated and everything. So we started doing that like when we could. And so we would just play like psycho candy front to back. And it was super fun because it's like, there's no deadline for getting good. And there's it's more about just hanging out and <clears throat> yeah, like I said, no deadlines. So that was something that I did over quarantine that was just like, it was also fun to reconnect with Jeremy post like the, the no-no breakup. Because um, yeah. I mean, he's the longest person I played music with in Milwaukee, because he was in the Delphines and he's one of the only Delphines that was in no-no throughout the entire period. So, so it's like eight years I've been playing with this dude. So, and Carmela, took to, to base really well and so i yeah who knows i think <clears throat> we might do a, a halloween show if they exist so or 2022 halloween like <laughs> we're on it
0: yeah well that sounds like a great time uh sounds really fun uh also great album choice to uh yeah things off um yeah. yeah dude uh well and that's also yeah wonderful that um that uh the Carmela
1: Carmela. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great that, you know, she picked up something and really connected with it like that. Uh, and that's, that's awesome. Uh, so cool, dude. Uh, well, Harry, I I appreciate you being on the show here to talk about all your music and, uh, the bands you're in. And, um, thanks for asking me, dude, of course, after, after I heard that record last summer, I'm like, man, I, I gotta sit, sit this man down and, uh, to know like where all this is coming from so uh i'm glad we could do it um yeah man
1: and you're so busy like you're cranking these out you're talking to someone like every day of the week so i mean I'm I, I i got on there at some point so yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no i appreciate it. thanks dude i um yeah i i'm taking a little break after this month i definitely need one it's been my escape from thinking about just how unfair everything is too so
1: yeah, I mean, you honestly, throughout all of quarantine, you probably got more social interaction than anybody because you were doing these so much. You were talking to all these new people and meeting people and stuff.
0: Oh so, yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm glad you could be a part of it. On our hey. way out, uh, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, the first is, Harry, what
1: keeps you up at night? <sighs> what keeps me up at night... Um, uh, I don't know. There's, I mean, we've. I feel like I have uh, such trouble going to sleep. I, I feel this whole year has just been like, what? Why would you sleep? I don't know. There's. What are we gonna wake up to? I, I think what keeps me up at night is that, like, uh, it's with any sort of political or or social unrest. I think it's just uh, we have done more of the same for so long so it's just something's got to change just switch it up because switch it up with gun control with um police police oh my god police it was 2020 kept me up at night and you had to like overdose on melatonin and sleeping pills to go to sleep every night and yeah
0: I agree, man. I'm right there with you. Yeah. On the other side, or the on the other hand, uh, what puts you to sleep?
1: Uh, ice. What like actually puts me to sleep? Like what? You to say ice cream? (laughs) I was gonna say ice cream and Doctor Who has been. Oh, nice. That's good. To go to sleep.
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. I got really
0: back into ice cream during quarantine. I started buying, like, so many uh, different flavors over the last year.
1: Dude, the Aldi ice cream is my favorite. It's so cheap, but it's so creamy. It never turns into, like, that hard iced concrete. It's so good. Right on. Okay. It's like Belmont. I think it's called Belmont. Oh, sure.
0: Yeah. I usually – I mean – I live like right by pick and save. So I usually always get my ice cream from there, but uh, I have the sherbet that I mentioned earlier, but uh, I just finished a tub of uh, moose tracks.
1: Oh yeah. Is that Ben and Jerry's?
0: Uh, no, it's um, that was a uh, private selection. Uh, I, I think that. it's like a Kroger brand, but God, man, like I, I forget how fucking amazing this fudge is like in chocolate. Like it's God,
1: it's it salted, was so like good. salted caramel or salted fudge with like creamy berry. Yeah. It's so good,
0: right on, dude. Yeah, yeah thanks again, Harry. Um, thanks, thanks for being here. Um, yeah, no problem, man. Look forward to seeing you again, uh, hopefully, soon. Uh, Definitely, that'd be great. Uh, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging uh, all the bands that Harry is in. Uh, I'll be tagging the beat index. You can go check out volume one, Juvenilia. Uh, stay tuned for uh, what he has in store with volume 2 uh, stay safe uh, stay healthy where live music will hopefully come back soon uh, it's on the horizon uh, so keep doing the right thing uh, thanks for watching mr. nice guy we will see you next time
1: all right see ya